Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hi, everybody. I'm Cassidy, one of your Indianapolis Colts cheerleaders, and you're watching the Believe in Colts podcast. What's going on, Colts Nation? I'm Lawrence Owen, back with another edition of Believe in Colts, and today we're going to go over this year's 2024 NFL free agency approach for the Indianapolis Colts, and especially, you know, Chris Ballard. I mean, during his press conference a while back, you know, at the end of the season, uh, there was a lot of speculation, you know, about was he trying to say that, you know, he's he's going to go big in the free agency? And I honestly, I don't think that's the case. All right. Uh, I'm going to go position kind of position by position we're going to talk about the roster needs and what i feel like chris ballard is going to place on that now before i do i want to remind everybody that hey bet online still your number one source for all your betting needs get the latest odds lines and matchup reports for baseball boxing golf nfl nba and more right uh Bet online continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place your wagers, including live betting and your favorite casino and card games available to play right from your phone. Head to the website or use your mobile device today and get in on the action. Remember, use promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, where the game starts. So, here's the deal. All right. I got a feeling he's going to utilize the draft for important positions, like high money positions. Uh, I feel like that's a situation where he usually does that. Um, Might use free agency to fill in roster spots. I know a lot of people want him to go out and sign a big name free agent wide receiver. I don't think that's the case he's going to do. He's he's already going to be spending some money on wide receivers this year, especially to bring back Michael Pittman Jr. I don't think he's going to spend uh, buttloads of money, so to speak, on two receivers. Most teams can't afford to do that, right? Even those with uh, quarterbacks on rookie contracts generally cannot do that, especially depending upon where the rest of your money is allocated and this upcoming season. Again, the Colts are like a top five team in the NFL when it comes to allocating towards the offensive line, okay? So with that thought in mind, he's going to have to get some high production out of his draft. And to me, that says that he's going to utilize either a wide receiver, a pass edge pass rusher, or cornerback at his first round pick this year. If he does not trade back or trade the pick for a specific player, I doubt that's going to happen though, because unlike with Buckner, where we he was fresh out the gate and had the money to spend, I don't know if he's going to want to go out and trade that pick for a player and then have to drop the money on top of it. Okay, the idea of this pick is to utilize, keep the money so that you could pay your own players that you have that you absolutely need to keep, right? We're going to have to, yes, we got a lot of money, but we're going to have to keep some of these players. Michael Pittman Jr. needs to be re-signed, right? Uh, We got 
guys like Grover Stewart needs to be re-signed. We've seen what this uh, defensive line is without him. We got to have that one tech, that nose tackle on the defensive line. And when it comes to cornerbacks, cornerbacks are expensive, right? When you're going out and trying to get a number one corner, let's say you want to go get, say, Darius Slay or somebody like that. Holy crap, dude. You're looking at over $20 million a year, right? Edge pass rusher. Over $20 million a year for a top guy. You're not going to go out and get a Hassan Reddick who's, you know, over 30. You know, you're not going to go get a, a, an edge rusher or a wide receiver or a cornerback over 30 years old and pay big money and spend your top pick on them because that's your cutoff lines, right? That's that's the age of the cutoff line for that. Um, now, what I feel like we could do, my cat is hitting my camera legs. What I feel like we could do is some of these slots, yes, free agency, this upcoming free agency, I think he could go out and get um, maybe a veteran corner to go with Kenny Moore, who needs to be re-signed as well. One of the best nickel corners in the league. He's also getting up there in age. Why trade for somebody? If you don't re-sign him, then you have to replace him, right? And let's face it, when he was out last year, when Kenny Moore was out of the lineup last year, we weren't very good at nickel. It was awful, right? It was absolutely awful. Even with, you know, Julian Blackman or whoever that had to step in and then Blackman got hurt, you know, when somebody else had to step, it was bad, okay? We got to re-sign him. Even if it's for two more years, we got to re-sign him. But we need to get another veteran guy because we have so much youth outside of Kenny Moore and we don't know 100% if they're going to take that next step next year. We're hoping one or two of them do, right? We hope one or two of them take that next step, but you can't be on it. You can't like put all your eggs in one basket and say, well, we're just going to look at that and say, okay, these young guys, somebody's going to step up and be a big-time player for us. I feel like you could go out and get a solid corner in free agency that fits the scheme, that is a veteran, that could play a year or two, and not have to break the bank at over 20 mil, 10 to 15 million for a solid veteran cornerback, like what we did with Stephon Gilmore, right? I think that's a fair thing to think that Chris Ballard may do this upcoming season. Um he, he put all of his trust in his youth this past year and look where it got us, okay? It got us. Now, I know he wasn't expecting to be fighting for the AFC, uh, uh, AFC South crown, right? Uh, even him and, and the owner, Jim Ursay, were both like, this is going to, there's going to be a lot of bumps in the road this uh, 2023 season. They weren't expecting to have a good team. But, the deficit of the team was 100% the secondary, okay? The secondary had problems. Edge rush had another issue. Now, you might say, well, we had so many sacks, right? But we didn't have consistent pressure off the edge. We didn't have a guy off the edge that, you know, teams were like, that's a dude that we got to protect against, okay? 
look, Ibu Kong did a great job, ended up, but nobody got 10 over 10 sacks, right? That's what everybody, every Colts player out there, or not player, every Colts fan out there for the last how many years have been complaining that we haven't had a 10 plus sack guy? We thought Ibu Kong was going to hit that, you know, uh 10, 15 weeks into the season or uh 13 weeks into the season, right? But he didn't. You know, he kind of fell off there at the end. So Here's the deal. I think at pick 15, you can legitimately, there is a chance that we could get either a, a top-tier pass rusher or a top-tier corner in this draft. I really, or safety, because let's let's face it, our safety, our safety was not good. Our safety play was not good. Again, they were young. They were young. And before you say Julian, Julian Blackman wasn't all that great. He had some interceptions, but he had some very bad plays out there as well. All right. Very, very bad plays. We need help on both, both the corners and the safety. I'm not saying Julian Blackman is, is trash and we should, shouldn't resign him. He's, he's probably our, he's the guy outside of Kenny Moore in our secondary. He's the second best corn, uh, secondary player. I think we had last year, but that's not saying a whole lot. Let's, let's be fair about that, okay? Um, so, a secondary player or an edge pass rusher at 15. Now, you're like, well, you can't get a guy, you know, a top-tier guy at 15. You can. You absolutely can if they fall to you, okay? Depending upon how the draft pulls out, you're going to have a lot of offensive line and quarterbacks and wide receivers go early in this draft, which means offensive players are going to come off that board like crazy in the top 10, okay? So if you got a good edge rusher or a good secondary player, like really top-tier guy that you're like, I'm not going to miss with this pick, you got to spend it there. You got to spend it. And I feel like that's where Ballard will go. Probably edge rush if it's there because you know how he likes, you know, um, building in the trenches, which means if he does do that, he better have some kind of uh, thought process for secondary as well, okay, whether it's, you know, this free agency. So most likely, depending upon how he feels that this, how deep this uh, draft is, is depending upon how he's going to approach the free agency. And I feel like he's probably going to go with a secondary guy in free agency in the 10 to $15 million range. Okay. A playmaker of some sort, probably uh, someone who can tackle because let's, let's face it. Uh, our guys were not tackling very well in the secondary last year. That was the biggest, the biggest problem that we had was missed tackle. We had so many missed tackles. It felt like we led the league. I think we were middle of the pack and missed tackles and legitimately uh, for the season. But there were games where it was just awful. Like we had like 15 missed tackles in one game once last year. 15. That's that's stupid. That's just stupid. Now that might have a little bit to do with why Mike Mitchell was released as well, right? So let's let's figure on that. Um, when it comes to offense. That, that that's how I feel about defense linebackers. I don't think we do a whole lot of moving, moving around with the linebackers. All right. I feel like we have the three guys that we need at the starting positions 
and we have a couple backups who are mainly special teamers, but I like what I seen from them when they came in and played when guys needed a break or, you know, someone was hurt, right? Uh, speaking of Olubi or uh, that other special teams linebacker that came in, uh, rookie, he was absolutely phenomenal. I loved him. Maybe he was a second-year player. I'm not, not 100% sure. Uh, but going into the offense, obviously we're going to start off, we're going to put most of our eggs into the Anthony Richardson quarterback starting position. Uh, but from what we saw last year, it's quite obvious. We need a solid backup. Now I have a feeling that Ballard and, and his crew are going to try like heck to try to re-sign Gardner Minshew. Some of you might love this idea. Some of you might not like this idea. But let's face it, in games that he played, at least half the game or more, he was nine, nine and six. He was nine and six in games he played at least a half. That's, that's, that's stats right there. You might say, well, it wasn't all him. It was the team. Yeah, but he was the quarterback, and that was his stats, and that's something that he can lean on, okay? I get, you know, you're like, oh, well, you know, no, I'm not saying that the Pro Bowl, that's something that his agent and him are going to put on the table and be like, well, I made the Pro Bowl, and then, of course, obviously, other teams will be like, yeah, but, like, five other quarterbacks, like, passed on it. So, you know, I mean, but still, I get it. I understand. They're still going to push that. I still feel like, Gardner Minshew with his win-loss record and the fact that he had a better QBR than Patrick Mahomes last year, right? Overall quarterback play. Um, he did he did pretty well. There were some things that uh, obviously, you know, left you wanting, but that was a reason why he wasn't a starting quarterback, right? That's, let's face it, he's a really good backup. And that's why I, I want him, right? Him? Or maybe Jacoby Brissett. Now, a lot of you were like, well, I want a guy who is similar to Anthony Richardson, right? Uh, well, I don't know. I don't look, Shane Steichen proved that it doesn't matter who's on the field, he's going to build his playbook around who's on the field and their abilities. So, what you want is the best overall talent. You don't want to take, uh, a B quarterback like Gardner Menchu and then try to shove in like a C or a C plus because he's more like Anthony Richardson than Gardner Menchu is. All right. You want the best players you can have on the field. Uh, this is not the San Francisco 49ers. This is not a scheme based, you know, uh, team, not with the head coach and the guy who designs the plays. Okay. This is, this is a, a, a team that is built around talent and designing plays offensively around what that talent does best. So, I feel like Gardner is one of those guys that we could legitimately see come back. Um, how much will we pay him? Anywhere between five and eight million a year. Yeah, he made, I think, five and a half mil last season after uh, his you know, 75% of the snaps cleared, right? That gave him like an extra $1.3 million or something like that. Uh, I, I might be off a couple hundred K, 
but you know, I'm in that general vicinity right now. So that's something I'm, I'm saying Gardner Minshew absolutely could be that guy. Uh, but if he's not, let's say another team's like, you know what? We need a bridge quarterback. We need, we absolutely need a bridge quarterback. And uh, Gardner Minshew's that guy. We're going to give him $15 million to start next year uh, until we can get through with, you know, whatever. And that lead, and obviously Gardner's going to take something like that. You know, if a team's going to offer him, you know, 10 to 15 million and, and most likely be their starter, then he's absolutely going to take that. Uh, and, and it is a possibility. It is a slim chance, depending upon um, how the draft falls, right? Uh, if if um, he's obviously going to test the market a little bit here upcoming, and there are some teams out there, there are a few teams out there that aren't picking high, but are going to try to trade up. And those that are out of that trade market, right, that end up uh, losing the the trade up ball is going to start looking at Gardner Minshew. Gardner's not going to sign anywhere real quick. I know the Indianapolis Colts are going to push and try. I just don't feel like that's going to happen. Now let's move on to wide receiver. I think that is uh, a position where I feel like the Colts feel that the wide receiver position room is right where it right where it needs to be. A lot of you don't like it. I understand that, but I feel like the way Reggie Wayne talks about legitimately their top three wide receivers, right? Obviously, MPJ is their number one. Reggie Wayne has gone to bat for last year's slot rookie, right? Absolutely went to bat for him, and he's showed promise. And so many people want to talk about Alec Pierce, but a lot of Alec Pierce's abilities were taken off the field, were, 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 were taken away because Gardner Minshew wasn't comfortable with that deep ball, right? And he was more comfortable with Michael Pittman Jr. and throwing the slot guy and, and things of that, and those little check downs and things of that, trying to get the ball out quick. And they kept utilizing Alec Pierce as a deep threat. Now, when Anthony Richardson was in the game, when he played, he utilized Alec Pierce. So I, I feel like, will they get another wide receiver? Most likely. Will they get one in free agency? Most likely. Will it be a top tier guy that we're going to spend 20 to $25 million a year on multi-year, like a T Higgins or something like that? I seriously doubt it. And I know a lot of you are going to hate me for it. And I'm not, I'm not saying don't do it. I'm saying I don't think Ballard will do it. Okay. That's what this is about. This is about how, where I'm I'm kind of trying to feel out where Chris Ballard is at right now. And I feel like he would not feel as though he would need to make that kind of move. Okay. I don't think he's going to spend big money signing outside of the team on offense at all this year. I really don't. He's already put a ton of cash into the running back position, which, you know, depending upon Zach Moss, Zach Moss, ain't, we're not going to give him six, seven, eight million dollars a year, which is probably what he'll make this coming year. So we might end up, you know, drafting 
uh, a mid-round running back or picking one up in free agency like we did was, or, you know, I know we didn't pick him up. You know, it was a trade from Naheem Hines. But, I mean, you could a, a, a guy that, that would fit well with what Shane Steichen runs. Or, like I said, pick a guy, you know, day two or day three in the draft. Uh, but I don't I don't see any big money, especially when we're paying $14 million a year to Jonathan Taylor. At tied in, oh my goodness. I'm telling you. The tied in room is deep. You're going to get mad and be like, but they didn't produce last year. Oh, they were producing when Anthony Richardson was in. Okay. Absolutely producing. But Gardner Minshew was not comfortable. He wasn't, he was overthrowing the tight end so much. How many times did you see balls thrown to Kylan Granson that went over his head? Dude, and he's not short. Kylan's 6'3. He's six foot three. All right. And he was getting overthrown. Stay, you know, on, on, on little button hooks and things of that nature, you know, where he's sitting down, he still get overthrown. You know, that was one of the problems that Gardner Minshew had at times was his accuracy was a little bit wild, right? Once in a while, like, I mean, obviously the final offensive play of the year, right? We all seen that. Everybody knows that, you know, what happened there. So I don't feel like we're going to be picking up any tight ends in free agency whatsoever because we're pretty darn deep there. Uh, if Jelani Woods comes back finally from both his hamstring issues, uh, if we got, you know, uh, obviously uh, Will Mallory looked like he was turning into something nice, right? Uh, Mo Ali Cox will be back, right? And he he had some some plays this past year, and he blocked a lot better. And I'm not saying that he's still going to be there, but Drew Ogletree is still on the roster because they're waiting to see what happened. If he actually, you know, what actually happened there, how it goes down in court. So uh, if he's still here, great. If he's not, you know, it all depends upon whether he did what was claimed against him or not. So we'll see why I'm not, I'm not going to throw down uh, blame or, you know, throw justice, you know, street justice down on a guy just because, you know, some allegations was made. Allegations are one thing. Whether someone did something or not is another. All right. So we got to find out what happened. Either way, with or without Drew Ogletree, I feel like we are at least three deep at tied in. I think we're perfectly fine. Um, especially when it comes to free agency, I don't think we're going to be signing big money there. Uh, there's there's a few guys in the draft if we want to go there to get. And, you know, a lot of you are pounding the table. Um, this is more free agency talk than it is draft talk. So, because I know a lot of you are talking about, you know, wanting about, uh, what was his name, Bowers or something like that. Uh, either way, uh, this is free agency. I don't think they spend their offensive line. We might pick up a solid backup to the tackle position, right? I think that is possible um, because, look, our starters, when our starters were in, we were really, really good. 
All right. When Braden Smith played with Quentin Nelson and Bernard Ryman, Will Fries, Ryan Kelly, we were a dominant offensive line last year. When certain guys went out, like, you know, when Braden Smith went out, he only played, what, 14 games this year or something like that? You know, he missed a few games. Actually, I think he missed quite a bit more than that. But either way, you know, that was a bad year for him. He had he had an injury-riddled season this year. It happens to everybody. You don't throw him away, though. He was still one of the he was still a top five right tackle in the league when he played this year. And he put his heart out in the last two games of the year uh for this team, right? Played his heart out, put he was out there holding on to his knee like crazy. So, but we do need a solid backup. Now, does that mean now the guy that we had, the rookie last year, he could legitimately make a jump, right? He could, he could, and and, and be a guy next year, but you still need more competition. All right. So you could sign a guy for, you know, four five, six mil, or even less than that, you know, come in, but don't, don't put a whole bunch of money into it because we already got a ton of money in the offensive line already. Uh, but we still got to make sure that we got a solid back interior backup, someone that could play guard or center, you know, either guard position or center. And we need a solid backup. Make sure it's solid swing tackle. Right. So uh, Rigo will still be back next year. Obviously, we paid one of the highest. Uh, pay, we we have the highest paid kicker in the NFL, uh, so we're not going anywhere there. Free agency, Luke Rhodes, long snapper, solid, one of the best in the league. I don't see him going anywhere either. So uh, that's pretty much the money for free agency this year. Where I feel like it's going to go, I think the if any of it goes anywhere, it could go. I, I feel like we could get a solid secondary guy uh top tier i'm not going to say top top tier because there's so many guys that we need to resign on our own team but like i said somewhere between 10 15 mil will probably be the biggest splash uh move that you see uh and that'll be a secondary guy that's that's where i see it um you may be looking for more you may be pounding the table. You might be like, this is just another Ballard thing. And, well, it is. I mean, this is this is what we've seen from Ballard. And legitimately, the biggest help we need right now is edge rush and secondary help. So if you're going to spend the money, you put it there. All right, guys. I think that's going to do it for me on this episode of Believe in Colts. Please, if you watch this on YouTube, please leave a like. Make sure you subscribe, share this to your favorite social media. If you listen to this to anywhere that you listen to your audio podcast and you have an opportunity to do so, leave a review or hit a star or whatever it is that you can do uh, to boost this podcast. And until next time, I'm Lawrence Owen. This was Believe in Colts. And as usual, I want you to have a good one. Go Colts. Do you believe? Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.